What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Wednesday hump day edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spending the one and twos with us. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. You know the rules. If it's anything that you want to discuss or anything that we are discussing on the show or we discussed yesterday that you want to weigh your opinion on, feel free to do that. The only thing we ask is you call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, uh, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow, uh, follow me on Twitter slash X, uh, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments i'll read those on air in real time and respond to them if not i'll respond to them later you can go to the business facebook page of sports grind entertainment or you can go to my personal page as well too uh, and leave those comments and also keep in mind if you ever miss any of the shows live you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week 365 and also if you are traveling or you're in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise uh, also you can go to sportsgrindonline.com and you can click the play button and listen live. And also, if you're having technical difficulties, you know, listening to us by your other means, you can also rely on sportsgrindonline.com. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. So it is hump day and Wednesday. Um, we've got a lot of stuff to get to, uh, the most best we can, probably going to leave some meat on the bone. Uh, but we've got some coach movement, another breaking news coming down less than about an hour ago, uh, involving Seattle. We'll definitely talk about that. Uh, we've got some other doings, uh, you know, we're at the midway, which is of the week, which is usually we do the midline report, uh, on the lines. We will do that, um, today. Uh, for the uh, wild card weekend, uh, we'll look at the matchups and just glance at what the lines are right now, which I anticipate some of these to have some type of movement uh, before we get to Saturday and Sunday and Monday. Um, so we'll look at that. Also, what do you got? <clears throat> A little on the air production meeting real quick. Are you trying to do predictions for the postseason or no? You want to stick with the stuff we had preseason? Want to just do your foundation picks weekly, or do you want to do some predictions? Um, <clears throat> I mean, like you said, you're still in the uh, your original chalk pick. You had 49ers in Kansas City, right? Yeah, Niners and Chiefs, <clears throat> but there are other teams that are not, like my uh, no. the, the Jets are already out. Right. And I had them in the AFC well, yeah, yeah. We're, I thought you meant just in regards to just the overall who we think is going to go and win the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. But we can pick the games as we go by. I mean, if we want, I mean, I'm just going to you know keep the finish to, like we do every year, finish the season as strong as we can on the foundation picks and that. I mean, because usually, you know, um, you know, to be honest with you, like I said, you know, sticking to what you're saying, I mean. If the AFC, you know, I don't usually just do picks to just, you know, I know in the industry, most people, because it's content, it fills segments that they'll just sit there and they have segments, producers say, hey, pick these. Ones. And honestly, I'm just I've always been like that. I'm the kind of guy like if I really don't know, you know, and I, and I know a lot about NFL. That's the reason why I got in the business, um, you know, but if I really don't know, I'm going to tell you straight up, I don't know. And, and, and the reason why I'm bringing that up, because the AFC 
um, there's so many factors that are coming into uh, this playoffs. Um, and that's why I've kind of been saving it, you know, till we get, you know, we'll start getting in more depth in the games tomorrow and Friday. Uh, but it's just the AFC, every team, in, and I'm including Baltimore in this as well, too. Um, you can make cases for every team almost that um, has a chance to be successful. I'm not saying every team in the AFC has a shot to win the Super Bowl because I don't believe that. I mean, they're all everybody's zero zero. But representing the AFC, I, I still believe it's up for grabs. I really do. I mean, the most high-powered offense coming into the, you know, tournament and in the whole season was the Miami Dolphins, and they are banged up. You know, more banged up on the defensive side of all. They're banged up, you know. Um, so there's there's just different variables. But, no, we'll pick the games as we go. But cool. Super Sorry Bowl, to interrupt the docket. No, no, no. It was a fair question, you know. Tell me, let's log in a lot of Sean Payton press conference. It's a fair question, but however, you know, irrelevant to, man, that Sean says that you have a drinking game to how many times he says irrelevant to uh, in a press conference, you'd go drunk. But anyway, yeah, we got some different news. Not so much about Sean Payton, but I want to talk about Jorge George. Uh, he had his press conference and he's talked about the Russ. He addressed the Russell Wilson benching, uh, which somebody's lying in this situation. Um but I'll get to that and think what I mean for me, what it means, big picture. Uh, but definitely got to get to some coaching. It's not just the Seattle, but Chicago Bears have made a decision uh, as well, too, uh, in regards to what they're going to do. Definitely want to talk about that. Uh, we've got coaching um, chemistry problems with the New York Giants uh, that I want to talk about as well also. Um, and then, of course, NBA action continues to roll on. Uh, we're going to look at the card tonight. We'll look at what's on the docket for matchups tonight and see who's, you know, favorite and underdog by what. Uh, but we know that the silver and black and the Denver Nuggets are in action tonight. Well, the Spurs are going to be on the road in the Motor City, and they're going to be taking on the Detroit Pistons. Um, and look, in 82 games in the regular season, you know, unless you get to March, late March, April, late April, it's hard-pressed to say anything's a must-win game. Considering the circumstances and considering the two franchises playing and where they stand at this point, um, this is this is a must-win game for the Silver and Black, period. There, I mean, you know, there's no, you know, I know Jonas is taking it to the Star Star break. He's, he's looking for certain things in Jonas's world. Looking at the Spurs, this is black and white, period. Spurs got a way better roster than Detroit, okay? They've got Wimby, the number one pick. Uh, they've got a supposedly better coach, veteran. If you're going to try to – like, because I'm still waiting, if possible, if this team – because just about a month ago, I think it was about two months ago, we were talking about the Spurs, and I said that, you know what, I don't know if this team – and was interested to see if it ever would happen or if this team's even capable – of hitting a six-game winning streak at any point in this season. Um, and the look of it, it doesn't look likely, but if you're going to start or if you're going to go, I, even if this team, I mean, hell, I'm even lowering the bar to say if this team could go at some point in the season where they win three of six, four or seven, not necessarily consecutive rows, but if you're ever going to start that, and because you know, part of the young 
immature process, youngest team in the NBA, no matter how you slice it, part of the process of the rebuild or stretch up is to learn and understand how to win and know what that feels like. So at some point, and this is anywhere game on the docket out of 82, considering the Detroit Pistons are where they're at. And Detroit Pistons have been playing better of late. I mean, they are competitive. They're not getting beat by 40 and 50 every night. But however, um, Spurs need to go ahead and get this win, period. Um, just for franchise sake, just for the stability of just because if you don't win this game, there should be any other coach besides of Greg Popovich. There would be a lot of conversations about the question of where the organization is going. And the question is that the head coach, is he still the right guy? They would be going now any other coach. And I'm not and, and I'm not just talking here locally. I'm talking about nationally because those talks are not really even happening nationally on any other circumstance. But if you would lose to a Detroit Pistons that pretty much, I don't know, I think they broke the record or tied the record for most consecutive losses in the no, NBA. The okay, 28 losses. Those questions should be happening on a national scale, but they won't because, you know, after falling asleep last night to some random Sopranos episode, he's a made man when it comes to the NBA. And that's just facts. And I ain't telling you he ain't earned it, but at the end of the day, that's what it is because nobody says anything and it would be scrutiny for anybody else to draft an alien out of france to be sitting there with a win total of five and then take a l to a team that had 28 losses in a row with a first time not first time head coach but year one of monty and detroit and i don't think the pistons roster is close to the spurs I mean, they they both have a record for the reason similar, but that's my that's my thought. Are you feeling comfortable tonight, Mister Optimist, with the Spurs? You think this is a win that they should get? I think it's a win that they should get. Uh, like you say, it's a it is a must win because uh, you talk about the morale, and we talk about oh, well, how is the you know how is the losing sitting with Wemby and every you can't go in and, and lose to this team, but at the same time, this does feel like a perfect storm. Uh, I do worry, uh, and this again, I'm not worried about the head coach. Um, but it, it, over the last few years, it has felt like maybe at times he will do one of his former assistants a favor and give them a win on a night where they shouldn't have gotten one. Um, and there's the Monty connection there, and Monty's under a lot of pressure up there. The highest it was uh, until Spolstra, uh, which is on the docket, uh, was the highest paid coach in the NBA, um, I think even after Malone's contract. So th- with that point, uh, I-, I-, I could see maybe Pop trying to take something off of Monty's shoulders and be like, here's a dub. No, nah, um, I see what you're... But I, they, can't, they can't afford to. Well, well first of all, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I, and, but not to sit there and think by you saying that that's a grassy knoll take because the way Pop acts every game where they get beat by 50 or 10... Uh, against assistant former coaches, it's the hugging, it's the smiling, and that's what's infuriating, not all, but majority of Spurs fans. But I don't think Pop, look, Pop, need, he knows he needs, Pop need, Pop's competitive. I know he loves Monty, but Pop knows they need to win this game. They want to win. They're a slight three-point favorite that's slightly over a bucket. Okay, uh, that's probably going to be the only time that there's gonna, they're going to be a favorite probably the rest of the season, uh, depending on if they play Detroit. Or has, Detroit hasn't been down here yet, right? Well, Detroit's going to come down here. Yeah, right? I don't think they've been down okay, here Okay, so they'll be, they'll be a favorite in that one, too. 
okay? And maybe you could sprinkle in somebody else, but I doubt it unless they play maybe Charlotte, but I think Charlotte's been playing better. So um, it is what it is. They need, they need to win this game tonight. Um, also, NBA news as well, too. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are back in action tonight with the Utah Jazz. Uh, Utah Jazz have been playing a lot better of late. They've got some impressive wins over Milwaukee. Uh, I think they did beat Boston, if I'm not mistaken. I know Milwaukee, but they've got a couple good wins. And really with Utah, it's a meaning that this is not going to be a possibly a walk in the park for the defending champions, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they are a seven-point favorite on the road. Uh, but the interesting thing with this is that I haven't brought up the show, uh, but there's been, you know, uh, trade rumor uh, going on involving Jordan Clarkson, San Antonio's own uh, Jordan Clarkson. And, um, you know, he's he's kind of linked to a multiple different teams, you know, uh, right now. And if you just look at Danny Ainge, who's running the show in Utah, this is what Danny does. He likes to go ahead, and I think he's been in the process of really flipping this roster. He's not all the way there complete, but I think when you if you move with Jordan Clarkson, uh, you're pretty much almost complete of getting these draft picks and starting to build a team really in the new way you're taking Utah Jazz. Speaking of Danny Ainge. Uh, but that's a guy that, you know, now we, we talk about, you know, yesterday's on the show. You can go listen to the podcast, but we talked about the DeJounte Murray rumors. Um, and after further review, after sitting on that um, basketball wise sense, yeah, it, it makes sense. It's something that if they can do it, uh, they should do it. I don't know how much difference is going to make, but if DeJounte is 100 percent really committed to wanting to come back down here, whether it's family reasons, whether it's business reasons, and he's really ready to endure what's going on. And it's really about the long haul, him going in the prime later years and he believes in the organization of pop, which in real time, we talked about this and we don't need to rehash it, but there are some comments that he said about the organization and his time in Atlanta too, that has gone viral and been social media news. So it's kind of weird to me that the mutual interest is there, not saying it's there, but overall after further review um, under the circumstance, yeah, if they can do it, um, that would be a positive thing. But moving on, speaking of that, the reason why I'm bringing that back up, because Jordan Clarkson is a guy that I would think would, would love to bring him back. And um, I've he got, always plays yeah. well in that building. Oh yes, um, I've got sources that are very close to Jordan Clarkson and his father, uh, and occasionally I'll have conversations. Uh, what's going on? Never really bring it to the airwaves, um, you know, because um, I don't do anything for clicks. You know, tell Oregon's coach that. You know, but um, I have been told and had conversations over, like, yeah. You know, if they would be interested, that would be something that Jordan would be entertaining to. And no, it's not by accident the reason why he gives the Spurs the business when he comes down. But if you look, I don't know him personally, but I know, like I said, somebody that's very close to his father. And I've, you know, been knowing about Jordan Clarkson from coming from Wagner, local high school here, coming all up. There's one thing about it the background he comes from, uh, his father, the stability, he could deal with this. Speaking of what's on the horizon for the Spurs, meaning like, yeah, this is going to be a process. Now, that's somebody that I think that would be open arms that I, you know, I haven't heard him link, but he's linked to multiple teams. I would I would do that. If you ask me straight up, I'd do that probably before I do DJ. Because Jordan, you're talking about somebody that could take pressure off of women and maybe take that difference of scoring and really allow him to go. And he still got a lot of gas in the tank. Uh, you know, um, he's a veteran, but he's not a vet veteran. Um, that would be something positive. And I think if you connect the dots, I mean, the reason why I know it would be open because I know he just purchased, you know, with last year, some point, I think it was last year, maybe right at the end of the year before or something like that. But he just purchased 
you know, Thomas J. Henry's house down here uh, out the way, um, not too far from where I'm at. So, um, yeah, that so that I think that that would that would work. For the record, he's four years older than DeJounte. That's fine. He's a scorer. We can find a point guard somewhere else. Um, you know, if well, you have a – Jordan's a point guard. Well, yeah. Well, I think he's – and again, and I think he he's – I will tell you right now, he's a better point guard than, than DJ. He might not have the upside DJ has, but he's a better point guard because the scoring element, um, he might not be as, as, as good as defender as DeJounte Murray – but his fluent and his scoring ability, it, it's it's better than DeJounte Murray. With the Nuggets, do you think he helps take some pressure oh, off Jamal? Oh, I don't know what the Nuggets would have to give up to get him. Um, but because they are a deep team, uh, if they don't have to give too much up, especially they're starting any of their starting five, oh, my goodness. Then you might as well just go ahead and bag it up and get the shirts ready. Uh, that uh, would be impressive. I've heard Reggie could, Jackson could be on the market. Uh, Jordan Clarkson up, upgrade over Reggie? Yes, yes. You listen to the sports grind. We'll get into this coaching news in the NFL when we get back. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinning the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest products and newest products coming in, uh, or you already knew what know what they have coming in and you know exactly what you want, but you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep. Don't forget about specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Uh, keeping it moving. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we've got some things to get to the document of basketball. We'll look at uh, the schedule a little bit later uh, tonight. Um, 
Other basketball news real quick before we dive into the NFL and the coaching stuff. Uh, Eric Spolstra, uh, the Miami Heat give him an extension to the tune of $120 million extension. And I'll tell you, because there's, you know, when I saw this last night, I was like, wow, that's, you know, Eric, you know, because, you know, I've had these conversations with AC. AC believes he's the best in the game right now, um, the best coach. And, you know, I know I've, you know, Honk the horn for Steve Kerr. Of course, you know, Pop's a legend, so I look at him a little bit differently. Um, but currently, young, I mean, you could probably make an argument that he probably is. Uh, if you look at Miami Heat, you know, post even the LeBron and the Heatles and all that. He gets uh, he gets the most oh, out of man. less. Oh, man. We go back yeah. to last year's finals running yeah. and talking about how many guys were undrafted. Yeah. Um, can you believe that guy still has the same waistline of pants that he did in college? Or high school, I think. It, or I think it's college. Like, I mean, I know he runs miles and miles in the morning. But let me tell you about Pat Riley, the OG, and the timing of this. And he's a real one, as they say. You know, when I came across this, and I went and looked at it a little bit, like, do you understand? Now, there's reports out there that Pat Riley waited until Eric Spolster's divorce <laughs> was complete. To give him the extension of 120. That's a now real that's a one. Hookup, that's yeah. a real one, man. And you know, and I'm never I first of all, I didn't know Eric Sposter was going through a divorce. I mean, if you I mean he's a private person. I mean, if you're private, I don't go searching unless it's out there and it comes across because I do believe certain people, whether they're athletes or coaches, their private lives should be private. Um, but as I get older, I really do believe in that more than probably ever. But since it's out there and it came out, um, I didn't know he was going through a divorce. Um didn't know what his wife looked like either, but damn, I'm like, okay, yeah. I said, damn, Eric got him one, huh? Um, buck twenty though. Can you? And I don't know if they have kids together. Like, could you imagine how pissed off she is? And I, in, in this day and age, there will be a lawyer because those are the guys that are ambulance chasers. And uh, yeah, they the, have the, kids. Okay, they do have kids. Okay, so I mean, she's gonna get. Of course, don't feel too sorry for her. I don't know what the Miami or Florida, if that's where they reside, really what their divorce laws are. But she's gonna be taken care of. And I don't know if they have alimony or not, but child support. But it it helps that net grow. It's, it helps his whole what the judge is going to look like in these screwed up laws that we've got in this country when it comes down to, oh, because you earn this, this much, you had kids, all oh, they need are 300000 a month to be comfortable to keep their lifestyle up. What? No, they don't. So at the end of the day, um, yeah, see, I saw a different picture of her, but she's, oh, I mean, oh, well, see, that's a different picture that I saw maybe, but not saying that she's not, you know, attractive or anything, but um and I wouldn't be talking like this if they were still married because, again, that'd be disrespecting their exposure. But they're divorced or they're going through divorce. But that's not the whole point of this take. The take was to give Pat Riley the credit of having his back because that is going to count less than this whole settlement with the judge. But what I was going to say about these lawyers there, I don't know who's representing her or whatever, but there will be a lawyer out there willing to take. You know what? We're not done yet. Then try to prove that this was some sandbagging and they knew that. Hey, sorry, man. Sorry. So props to Pat Riley, man. That is a uh, yeah hookup, OG move. What do you want to say? See when I, when I saw it on the docket, and you said that it, you know that that Pat Riley doesn't is the, is the OG. I thought that you were that it was actually more of a shot at LeBron because remember that all with the with the drama going on in LA right now mm. with Darvin Ham. Everybody is quick to remind everybody to to remind the public about how in Miami is the only place where LeBron didn't get his way. 
Yeah. And where he tried to get yeah. Pat Riley, hey, you ever think about coaching again? And then, no, no. No. All right. So I thought I thought from the docket state, because I hadn't heard this one, this story, mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about that his timing was impeccable more for a shot at LeBron and what's going on with Darvin Ham and the Lakers right now. Uh, well, no, but I, I can see maybe why you're going down the wormhole of that. No, it was just about the timing of the. But that's the, a real bro. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, in regards to the latter, what you're talking about, I, I, you know what? I think Pat Riley's proved his point already with LeBron. I mean, they didn't fall off the map when LeBron left there. Um, they didn't even go through the period technically that Cleveland did the first time LeBron left or the second time. So I think he's already proved. But yeah, it wasn't just about Pat saying, no, I'm not going to coach. Remember, LeBron, the one team LeBron's played for, Pat was like, no, Maverick Carter's not fine on the team plane. No. Uh, the wife and kids can't fly on the team. Well, I don't know if Savannah was not allowed to. No, I think it was more of like Maverick calling the crew. Now, at least Pat Ryan didn't say your posse can't fly like Phil did, okay, because they were more established by then, Phil. Uh, but he just didn't give in to that. So, Pat, and Pat got, I mean, he got skins along, man. That's Pat Riley, you know, five, eight thousand dollar money suits, man. So, but that's a hookup on Spo, man. That that's a hookup one, and that and I was, and I saw that I championed that, man. I usually don't comment people on social media, but I put a heart and feel like, yeah, man, I loved it, you know, because the laws are screwed up, man, just messed up, okay. And I and I also came across one that'll win for the guys, you know, that guy, he's former, I forgot what his name is, some I don't know, he was uh, Stevie J or whatever, guys on, you know. Um, hip-hop of Atlanta one of the guys used to be a reality but he used to be a music producer well I guess I think he was married with Faith Evans uh the singer and I think they just recently went through divorce I think and I was reading she's got to pay him thirty thousand dollars a month it's good for the guys to get one win because I think the laws are messed up on both this isn't a male thing to me I think this is just a divorce thing anyway there's some females Britney Spears j-lo there's been some women that's gotten got that basically end up with dudes that ain't really got nothing backup dancers coming in with nothing kevin kevin fairline's a genius i mean look where kevin fairline came from and all he did was date britney have a kid with her and the dude walked away and they got married drunk out their mind probably in, intoxicated when they tied the knot in vegas where the hell they were and when they split up he walked away like two three million dollars and still getting some support it goes i think it's ridiculous even for women it's just the law it's got to be smarter than that but that's your tip for the day. Back to sports. But basketball, just Pat Riley. So, yeah, extension there. Uh, we'll look at some of the games tonight. But let's get to some of the biggest news today in the NFL. Uh, we still got a crown of champion in the National Football League, so they still have center stage. Uh, but the biggest news today, I wasn't going to start there, but we had breaking news over about an hour and a half ago or two that Pete Carroll – uh, is no longer going to resign as coach in Seattle. Now, again, this is the same discussion that we had with Mike Vrabel yesterday. Outlets are running with, hey, he was fired. Pete was fired. From what I'm hearing is that he's taking a role in the front office, that he's moving up, he's willing to go ahead and move up, and it was a mutual agreement. And that's what I'm rolling with. And if you want to listen, if you're out there looking like, why are you making a big deal of this the last day? Who cares if it's fired? Or I'll explain to you, right? Because I feel there's certain coaches that, you know, that they've got skins on the wall. They're proven. They've been tenured at their organization and they're successful. And I think those coaches, which is reality in some cases, it's a mutual part thing. It's not necessarily like, hey, man, you know, you suck. You can't coach no more. We got to move on. The Pete Carroll's, that wasn't the case 
uh, in Seattle, in my opinion. It was just a situation like, hey, you know, we kind of been stagnant. And Pete ain't no spring chicken, man. Pete, Pete was the oldest coach by far this year in the National Football League. What do you got? I wouldn't say by far. I'm pretty well, Bill, sure he's got Bill, Bill are very close. I think he got Bill by at least three years, I think. I thought, but three, four. So, yeah, but he's the oldest. Go ahead. But uh, just like yesterday with the Titans, the Seattle Seahawks did release a statement. And in a different way from the Titans, Pete Carroll will remain with the organization so far. Uh, their statement from Jody Allen, the chair of the team, says, After thoughtful meetings and careful consideration for the best interest of the franchise, we have amicably agreed with Pete Carroll that his role will evolve from head coach to remain with the organization as an advisor. Pete is the winningest coach in Seahawks history, brought the city its first Super Bowl title, and created a tremendous impact over the past 14 years on the field and in the community. His expertise and leadership in building a championship culture will continue as an integral part of our organization moving forward. Pete will always be beloved, be a beloved member of the Seahawks family. Um, yeah, so to me, you know, why is the media so quick to run with fired? I mean, to me, that's just lazy journalism, and that's clickbait, you well, know? Unlike the, uh, yesterday, I haven't seen fired headlines. Oh, I've uh, seen Pete Carroll is out. Nah, I've, I've Those seen, are the headlines that I've seen. Yeah, well, we're looking at my headlines through the lens. I don't know where you're looking, but they have it as fired. And I just feel like, again, it's it's it used to not be that way, but it's lazy journalism because everything's about clickbait and everything's about views and and, and all that and shares. And, and I just think that, you know, it's again, not going through the thorough of like, okay, they had a discussion, they had a meeting, Pete decided and there he's stepping down. We used to use the word step down, but we don't do it anymore. It's just fired. You're fired. So uh, when we look at the situation, so I've got respect for Pete Carroll, but I know there's a lot of the media that was trying to go ahead and name him a genius over the Denver Bronco trade last year because he was so a genius. Like, okay. Um, but he's out the next year, rightfully so. I mean, mutually agreed. Um, but if you look at it, and we talked about this because we talked to Pete Carroll was on our list, even back in as maybe a surprise back in August. I mean, we this show, Jonas and I, we've been ahead of this stuff uh, in regards to taking you across this process of looking on the horizon and me, again, just kind of knowing how the business and the game works and looking at the landscape and say, I can tell you it's probably going to be them because the way things have gone, what's leading up to that, how much time have they made. So we've done a pretty good job. Don't want to pat ourselves on the back of being kind of ahead on this stuff. So we had Pete Carroll well, in August. This one's all time. you. I didn't yeah. see Pete Well, Carroll no, but, we, but, but, but we've had these discussions, you know. We're a team. There's no I in team. We're, we've had these discussions. So, yes, I put Pete Carroll out there because of the um, the tenure, how long it was going to take, and really where they've been. And you look at the landscape of the division. McVay. Unfortunately for everybody else, he didn't take Amazon's money. Um, Mike, I mean, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan. And if you haven't looked, by the way, I know Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of run on this show. Everybody knows how I feel about the Shanahan family. Kyle's tree is starting to burst already. We talk about his daddy's tree. Kyle's trying to get his own tree, too. Go look at some of these guys that came in in that situation. And just to let you know how bad of an owner Daniel Snyder was, when they put that graphic up and there was a period on that sideline that you had McVay, Kyle Shanahan, uh, um, 
uh, Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. Uh, uh, Solwick, um, who's Stef- the coordinator down in Houston. And I think Stefanski is. Stefanski was not. Not Stefanski. No, I didn't mean um, Stefanski. Uh, and then uh, Raheem Morris. I did. I said Stefanski. I didn't mean. He was on the, he was um, on the defensive side. Steichen. I think I think Steichen is part of somewhere. I could be wrong, but I thought he was connected somewhere in that chain. I could be wrong on that. I'm not stamping that one. But but anyway, the point is that lets you know how bad the Commanders was ran by ownership when you have that kind of talent and coaches under you, and they all get out of the building. But let's look at it, okay? Now, I've heard word and reports out there already. Even Jonas let me know that Dan Quinn. Could be a possibility. Now, Dan Quinn was there as a defensive coordinator at one time. That two times. Uh, um, that's right. He did have two stints with Seattle. And um, he could be looking at a candidate. But this is this is my thing, though. It supports my theory. I mean, I will just tell you. And like I said, I've been watching the game since I since really paying attention to the early 80s, man. And, and how the NFL is, devo- uh, you know, evolved and, and, and moved forward. Defensive, the, I, you know, the Mike Tomlins of the world, they're a dying breed. The defensive coaches, head coaches are in trouble for getting head coaches positions. And if you think about it, and I've never thought about it this way, but doesn't it make sense when you when you play in a sport where every rule change and everything is geared to favor the offense? Why, if you are an owner of a team or a general manager, your job's on the line, why wouldn't you? There's two things. Why wouldn't you look for offensive minded first? Because if you look at the landscape of the successful coaches right now, the majority of them are offensive minded, the ones that are not struggling. Or if you have a special leader of man like a D'Amico Ryans, and I'm going to give you an example of what D'Amico did. D'Amico Ryans, or you, you know, basically, like I said, Tom is a, a last of a dire breed. Or you, let's say you like and say, hey, man, this team was supposed to really be bad, but look what look what Radio Raheem Morris has done in L.A. Then if you're a GM or owner, then you, if you, there's a defensive guy that makes, that has your makeup and you want him, then you get him, but he's got, you've got to attach him with the next upcoming thing and coordinator. So you're going to have to be looking, in my opinion, this is how it should be. If you're looking for successful, if you're not going to have an offensive minded coach and an upcoming offensive minded or somebody that their expertise in offense, then if you're going to go defensive minded and I'm a defensive guy, I'm way defense over offense all day. I'll never change with that even though the game's changing, then you've got to be prepared to spend double money for a high-paid offensive coordinator and the defensive-minded coach you want. So let's bring it back full circle to Seattle. Why would they replace a defensive-minded coach in Pete Carroll who has been, and they've drafted well in the last couple of years, but hasn't really developed an offensive line. Um, he did see the talents and the you know future of Russell Wilson. So it's a thin line when you say develop quarterbacks, but it just hasn't worked out. And he's in a division with two offensive borderline geniuses in McVay and Kyle Shannon. Do you mean to tell me you think a Dan Quinn, regardless if he's familiar with the organization, regardless of if you look at what he's done with the defense and the Dallas Cowboys for the last three or four years, why would you go from Pete Carroll in the division you play in and hire Dan Quinn? It makes no sense. And Seattle, it, it, let me tell you something. And honestly, I've said this a, a few times on the show. Dan Quinn could be, he ain't in his class. 
let me put that disclaimer before I say this. I'm putting them in the same breath because they're in the same class because they're not. But Dan Quinn could be that Wade Phillips type. Like Wade was is going to go down. He's a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. No matter the Texans, Denver, Dallas, the dude has had top 10 defenses wherever he's going. He is a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator, but he's not a head coach. And my gut feeling tells me that's Dan Quinn. So, you know, for, I'm not saying for any other job, but for Seattle, if they would hire Dan Quinn, I'd, say, I'd be safe enough to say it. I don't care who their future quarterback is. They are going to be steady finishing behind the San Francisco 49ers as long as Kyle Shanahan's there and McVay. McVay made the playoffs in a retool slash we're about to rebuild year. Think about that. So imagine what he's going to do. The only way the NFC safe, I believe, for McVay is if he decides to go do TV. He just got married. She just delivered a baby this year a few months ago. Maybe it's like, hey, man, the grind. Let me just take. He's made a crap load of money. He's already been to two Super Bowl. One may say, hey, man, let me take care of the family. Let me take a year off going to TV. But if this guy is, if this year put a B12 shot in him and the wife is okay with it, hire Dan Quinn if you want to, Seattle. Think about, think about the rules and where the NFL, all the advantage, anything in life, you look for edges. You look for advantages. If you work a job, you're looking like, well, damn, how, how can I get that extra paid time off? How can I finagle these vacations? How can I ask for this raise or see how can I get how can I be late coming back from lunch for 10 minutes without them knowing? Everybody looks for edges in life. So if you if the edge is toward the offensive side of the ball. Why would you sit here in this time we look at, look at Miami playoffs, offensive minded coach, Kansas City, offensive minded coach, San Fran, offensive, I'm naming the playoff teams, Green Bay Packers, offensive minded coach, Mike McCarthy, offensive minded coach, which I want to get to him shortly anyway. I got some questions about that, but you get the drift. You get the drift. These jobs are coming open quick, man. What is that, number six now? Six openings? Uh, should be or seven. Seven, seven, seven vacancies. Maybe we get to eight. Mm. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. 
From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 